when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, this is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger. On the home of Cork's greatest hits. Cork's greatest hits. Cork's, Cork's. And a very good morning to you. And while I'm talking about it, it is a foggy start in some uh, areas. I had more of a frosty than a foggy start uh, where I was coming from. But if you are driving in areas where that fog is still lingering, uh, one of our regular listeners was on earlier to remind people to put on their lights uh, while driving because it is uh, quite foggy. And if you come into a pocket of fog and you haven't your lights on, it can create all kinds of problems. So please be careful of that. And there will be a lot of that from here on in as we head into the winter months. A very good morning to you. Uh, welcome along to Thursday's edition of the programme. John Paul taking calls at 1850-333-103, texting and WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Did you watch the presidential debate last night? We are looking for your thoughts and comments uh, on it uh, this morning. I mean, a lot of focus went on Peter Casey because of his comments yesterday, which had got huge media attention about the travelling community. So everybody knew he was going to be asked about it. I mean, all of the other five candidates very much uh, picked picked on him and almost attacked him over his comments about the travelling community. Let's just take, John Paul has just taken a little piece out from the debate yesterday, last night, and this is Peter Casey once again talking about the travelling community. And when I was down there, they mentioned to me that there was one, uh, they had spent uh, 1.8 uh, 7 million building six houses and the travelling community wouldn't move into them because they wanted uh, sheds and they wanted... They wanted stables and stables, they wanted half an acre stables, per house. Two stables per house and one acre of land. And then you come up to Dublin and you see people sleeping in the streets. You see the housing crisis you have in Dublin and you think, why should they be given the right to turn down a house? I think that's okay, wrong. But you, I said, think you said a moment ago you wanted to be president for all the people. Quite clearly you don't want to be president for the travellers. No, Because they like... do not like you now based on what you've said. Well, you can't please all of the people all of the time. You know, I believe, though, that it's wrong that people are entitled to turn down houses. I believe in some situations, if there's for example, a disability in the house, then they, would, I, they should be given a second okay. choice. Well, but if you, if you lose your chance, to, if you're offered a free house and a free home and you turn it down, I think you, unless there's a disability, you should go to the bottom of the list. 
OK, that was uh, uh, Peter Casey and actually he, what he was talking about was the uh, situation down in Thurlis and he was talking about when he went to uh, Tipperary County Council they were one of the councils that nominated him for in order to get on the ticket to get on the president in order to run for the presidency uh, of this uh, country and of course it was the story that we certainly had discussed before. Do you know what I think is interesting about that because when that story first broke about that the traveller families not moving in Initially, what we were told was they wanted two stables, not two stables per house, two stables to cover the six houses and they wanted a half an acre each. The story now has become that they want two stables per house. That would be 12 stables and they want an acre each. It's, it's, it really has uh, taken legs. Actually, uh, if Peter Casey had, had checked in the McCarthy family, which is the, the, the family name of the travelling uh, family, they've since come out and said that they never expected tables, stables and they didn't ask for stables. But what that they say they had them promised was grazing land would be made available. And that's where the dispute now is of them not moving into the houses. No, I think they'll build their own stables, but they want grazing land and they want, so, so they want land. How much land they want, I don't know. Initially, we had heard it was a half an acre per house, uh, which would be three um, of the six, it would be three acres in total. Peter Casey reckons that's gone to an acre each, which would be six acres. We know we had the executive from Tipperary County Council kind of saying over my dead body are they going to get housing land to graze their horses which is understandable and would go down like a lead balloon for people on the housing list in Tipperary if they heard that land that had been set aside for building houses is now instead going to be used uh, to graze uh, houses. Anyway he didn't back down yesterday in the uh, debate and we uh, yesterday we were very busy on the programme with people commenting and the bulk I would say Certainly 75%, if not over, I'm probably being conservative, saying 75% of the commentary we received yesterday was backing Peter Casey and not necessarily backing him by way of giving him a a vote, but backing what he had to uh, say. And when I checked yesterday afternoon, every radio station around the country, and if you were on social media yesterday, you would have seen a huge amount of support for Peter Casey's view. I heard in the Senate, one uh, Senator, Padraig MacLachlan, he actually suggested what Peter Casey did in his ignorance was say out loud what many people believed uh, privately. Now, is that going to reflect um, a bump in the polls for Peter Casey and a bump up in votes? Only time will tell. He's either boxing very clever in that he's almost doing a Trumpism. It's what the people want to hear. But then watching him last night, you would have to say the man genuinely believes what he's saying because when he put it, or was it Pat Kenny put it, to all of the candidates, how would you feel about having a travelling community encampment close to your house? Which is the fear of most people. All five candidates said, yeah, I wouldn't mind it, I wouldn't mind it. And then Peter Casey rounded on all of them and said, you're lying. All of you are telling lies. And the other five were almost stony faced. I mean, none of them jumped in and said, we're not lying, we're not lying. But all of them, were they therefore saying what they felt was the right thing to say, not really what they genuinely felt uh, deep down. So your thoughts, if you did stay up to watch the debate last night, how do you feel it went? Was there winners? Was there losers? 
did it change your mind on any of the candidates? Did it help you make your mind up on any of the candidates? Having watched the debate, do you now know who you're going to vote for? Did you go into the debate thinking you were going to vote for one person and at the end of the debate have changed your mind, you're going to vote for somebody else? So many questions. If you have answers to any of them, let me know. I'd be interested in your thoughts. 1850 333 103. One listener says, Hi Patricia, Pat Kenny should retire. This listener feels for the second time he banjacks the presidential election again. The comment re-Brexit was absolutely shocking and he should be made to apologise also his comment to Joan. I don't know which comment to Joan are you talking about. Uh, I think, says this texture, that Peter Casey won the debate because he came across as the most honest, fair play to him, says a uh, texture to 0862 103 103. And thanks to uh, Christy in Temple Glanton, who regularly contributes to the programme. He took the time to email the programme, Patricia at c103.ie, uh, following the debate. And he says, Hi, Patricia. Firstly, I can't mo- motivate myself, says Christy, to vote for any of them in the position that has is grossly overpaid salary for what their remit is, along with such a large discretionary and unvouched €317,000 expense account, along with such extravagant opulence associated with the office, which is easily on par with what one would expect to be associated with the American president. And remember, the American president gets less than the Irish president. And I know that's something that a lot of people find, find very hard to believe or understand. Anyway, back to Christie's email. In any case, none of them appealed to me anyway. On balance, I thought Leonie Riather and Gavin Duffy were strong in their contributions and they gave the impression that they want the gig and looked to have a good presence about them. I thought Joan Freeman was probably equally as good but too meek on delivery and did not appear that she actually wanted the job at all. She appeared very drab and tired. I thought Sean Gallagher looked too stern, rigid and motionless, more like a bodyguard, not presidential looking, which seems unusual for him anyway. Peter Casey started out very strong, but very poor contributions after that. Looked a bit like a guy out for a few pints with the lads. I thought Michael D was slaughtered and was totally at sea, given that he has spent seven years in the job. He obviously hasn't his script writer with him. Definitely showed that he was not there for the people during the most severe austerity era of our time. He appeared to only have a few chats and a cup of tea and cake with the Taoiseach of the day over the past seven years. If it was his first time running, he'd be near the bottom of the pile, in my reckoning, based on his contribution last uh, last night. I feel he still is, with only Peter Casey below him on that pile. I thought they all got an, an easy run with easy questioning, requiring very simple, straightforward answers, nothing too complicated. A person seeking a minimum wage job would face greater interrogation at an interview than they did last night. And as I said, can't motivate myself to vote for any of them, as I don't consider any of them genuine to come down to the level of the people they are expected to uh, represent. Regards, that's Christie in Temple Glanton. And I think you raise an interesting point, uh, Christie, about this just not having the apathy to vote. And I'm always saying to people at election on election day, I'm always encouraging people, go out and exercise your 
your franchise get out and vote you know because you think of other countries where people aren't allowed to vote for us as women we think back to the suffragettes and how hard they fought for the right for women uh, to vote and I, I don't think I've ever missed unless I, oh, I, I I think I was out of the country once for European elections and that's the only time I missed a vote I, I always you know make the point of going out because I know how important uh, the vote is but I think I think Christie is if if there is that sense of apathy out there that people are kind of thinking nah, none of them really represent me are the other view that sure no one's going to beat Michael D Higgins he's a he's a shoe in he's going to walk in the turnout on this particular presidential election will be very interesting and it if it is a low turnout I wonder will it be reflected in other people like Christie who just don't have an appetite for this presidential election at all and that none of the candidates are standing out as the ideal one for Christie and I'm wondering will other people feel the same way and if they do then that's what happened they don't get motivated they don't feel motivated by the campaign and therefore they don't uh, go out and vote and that will bring us back to a bigger debate which no doubt we'll have after the 26th of October if it is a landslide win for Michael D Higgins the question then will be asked why did we have an election in the first place and various people will come under the spotlight Senator Gerard Crockwell who was the who started this debate and, and I remember we must have been one of the first to interview him sometime last year when he brought up this suggestion of saying that if nobody if none of the political parties were going to put forward a candidate then he said he would stand him, himself he wanted democracy he spoke about the need for a presidential election I remember interviewing him saying but a lot of people are very happy with Michael D Higgins a lot of people are proud of him as a president and you know you know, could very well be a landslide victory why would anybody go up against him he still reckoned that this is democracy and we need to have an election. So he was the first to start that whole campaign, which then motivated other people to put their names forward. And then, of course, we know what happened then. Jerry Crockwell came out and said, well, no, I'm not running. And people have said, did he ever have any intention of, of running uh, or not? And then a spotlight will go on Sinn Féin because they're the only political party to put up a candidate. And obviously, once a candidate was put up, then straight away you had to have uh, an election. Fifth million even though last night somebody said it could go as high as 20 million God almighty the amount of houses we could build with that money the amount of people we could take off waiting lists it's, it's kind of galling really but anyway we still have an election to get through as we decide who is going to be the next president of Ireland for the next seven years your thoughts and comments welcomed both on last night's debate and, and on how the campaign is going 1850 333 103. Coming up on the programme today, we will speak with a Dublin mother whose daughter died by suicide. And this was following online abuse. One of these tragic, tragic stories. And a very brave woman to decide to start a campaign. I suppose she doesn't want her daughter's death to be in vain. And she says legislation needs to change. And she's going to talk to us about what happened to her daughter, but also the shock she then got 
following her daughter's death, going to the Gardaí to say, what can you do for us? You know, she obviously had the names of all of the people that would, were bullying and doing the online uh, torment and it seemed nothing could be done because we need legislation in place. So we'll we'll talk with her in a couple of minutes on the programme. There's a new boardwalk uh, planned for Mallow. I think the work is due to start early in the new year, but now there's talks of how much traffic congestion uh, that works, those roadworks are going to lead to. There's already traffic congestion in the town. Is there any way around doing the work and minimising the traffic congestion? Or is it a case of people who live and work and pass through Mallow, you just have to suck it up. There's work going on. It happens in other towns. It happened before when the flood relief work went on in Mallow, in Formoy. It's going on in Clonakilty. It's going on in Bandon. People just have to put up with these roadworks uh, in order for the, the end goal and then the boardwalk will be will be built and we'll all be delighted with it. So we'll talk about that. Elder abuse and what you can do to protect yourself against it. It's something that while we're all in our health and younger that we need to, to look at, we need to plan ahead, we need to think ahead, we need to make sure that we have systems in place that if we become vulnerable, if we become incapacitated, who's going to look after us? What kind of a care plan would we like to have in place? It's kind of a will, will have you have you made your will? It's kind of some of it is though, are those uncomfortable conversations that you don't really want to have to make. You don't ever want to think that you're going to end up in a situation where you are vulnerable and incapacitated and you can't make decisions for yourself. But the reality is we are an ageing population where we're staying alive longer, which is terrific. But with that comes incapacity. You could be incapacitated and with that comes a certain amount of vulnerability. So you need to put a plan in place. A member from Gardaí Corner will join us for Crime File, Jane Pickett, uh, We'll answer all of your pet questions in the final hour of the programme. And we're also hearing from the Drimmer League area about a letter that's gone out from the Skibbereen Credit Union who operate a sub-office in Drimmer League. And unfortunately, they're closing the sub-office, which means people in the Drimmer League uh, area, they want to do their credit union business, will have to go to Skibbereen. We're trying to find out more about that and what kind of problems uh, it, uh, it is causing. <laughs> You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Before I get to, again, uh, text message service and uh, phone lines hopping on uh, John Paul with people voicing their opinions about Peter Casey and his view on the travelling community. Before I get to that, just a quick mention and thank you to somebody who sent this in overnight on WhatsApp yesterday when we were doing the piece with gardening with Peter Dowdle. One of our listeners was looking for um, a, bo- a, a fruit picker for apples and it's sort of a long rod and there's a basket on the top and you, so the basket catches the apples and it, the apples come out perfectly and you know, you're not knocking them onto the floor and damage them in any way. And she had one for many years and unfortunately it's got damaged and broken and she's only where she, where she could buy one. And uh, a listener was listening to the repeat last night and heard, heard that and has actually found one in a garden centre, the Clonmel Garden Centre and just sends in a picture of it and says, in case the person looking for one didn't get uh, sorted. I was listening to the repeats at the, the Clonmel Garden Centre if she's willing to travel there. Thank you for that. OK. Some of your comments in about uh, Peter Casey. Morning Patricia, presidential debate. I think they're all two-faced. They are all looking for a cushy number and are saying what they think people want to hear. Actually, like Gavin Duffy, says this texter, he seems most genuine. And I also have to say fair play to Peter Casey. Micah says, Patricia, Peter Casey reminded me of Donald Trump in last night's so-called debate 
but credit must go to Pat Kenny. He knows his current affairs. But the most uh, concerning debate was in Brussels with Brexit. When all is said and done in Brussels, the agreement, the treaty, will have to be ratified by their parliaments and here in Ireland by way of a referendum. That's from Michael. So we are supposed to sing, yeah, we have much, we have much bigger things we need to be worrying about. Anyway, let me go to some of your texts. I would not vote for Peter Casey, says this texter. How dare he criticise the travelling community? They are our own people and they should have been taken care of years ago. Most of them are decent, nice, honourable people. We have every Tom, Dick and Harry coming into this country and they're treated like royalty and they know their rights. I'm voting, by the way, for Michael D. Higgins. Another texter says, Peter Casey gets my vote 110% for what he said about the travelling community. They have no manners, they walk all over everyone and they get everything for nothing. This discrimination card is a pure joke. My wife and I work really hard and it kills me to know that my taxes go to them. They should be made to do more courses. We should have them sweeping the streets and cleaning the roads, particularly where they dump their own rubbish. If we don't stand up, to them now. This matter is going to get completely out of uh, hand. Someone else says fair play to Peter Casey for speaking up about travellers. They don't work. They don't pay taxes. They want everything for nothing. If I want land, I must go and pay for it myself. Shame on the other candidates for not agreeing with Peter Casey. Vote number one Peter Casey. Uh, Hi Patricia, why do we need a president anyway? Spending all of this money for what? We've got a Taoiseach says Pat in Mallow. Is that not enough? OK, just a sample of some of the texts coming into us to 0862-103-103. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. A woman whose daughter killed herself after years of online abuse has vowed to continue a campaign to change cyberbullying laws in this country. Jackie Fox's daughter, Nicola, died in January after years of online harassment and threats and uh, Jackie Fox uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Jackie. Hi, good morning. And it's, it's Nicole as well, not, oh, not Nicola. Sorry. sorry, Nicole, my apologies, <laughs> yeah. Nicole. Right, right. And yeah. firstly, sympathies to you on the loss of, of your beautiful daughter and Nicole and, and to say you're very brave uh, to do this and, and to come out when, when your grief is still, it's not even a year uh, mm. Since since Nicole has passed, why is it so important to you? It's it's so important because uh, listen, before, before, I never I have never known grief like it is now, and I don't want other people. Nicole is never coming back, and I know that. But I don't want other people, uh, the other victims that are getting tortured, to have to still go through what they are getting on um, online abuse. And I don't want another family to go through what we're going through at the moment. And as I said, I know Nicole's not coming back, but if I can help each other, I feel like I need to do this to help people now. I don't have to do it um, because Cole Cole is gone now, but I feel like I I, I just need to help others to, to, to stop them feeling this way. Well done. And, and what, what was Nicole like? What kind of a girl was she? She was 21. What kind of a girl was she? Um, well, um, before all this happened, Nicole was um, bubbly, normal, um, shy girl. Um, but 
knew how to have fun. We have um, a mobile home down in Wexford and we spent a lot of time down there where we were on, did a lot jumping off the pier, beaches. You know, she was just an ordinary kid. A cheeky kid, don't get me wrong. She had our our, our moments and... Um, but she was just an ordinary um, kid who was dying to, to to grow up and, um, you know, go out and... Live, and, 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 live, and, and live her life. Yeah, and, and wh- that's and when the problem started. Yeah, when and how did the abuse begin? Um, it started when they were... It would have been around when they were 17 and um, they were let into this place. And, uh, you know, uh, Nicole was... Well, Nicole was beautiful, um, there was, but you're always going to get girls um, who are jealous of that. Now, the two girls that started it in the fourth place, one of them has come out and admitted that they did start it through jealousy. Um, and then, as you know, um, once they, they, they start something, um, it gets bigger and bigger and it spirals into a, a load of people um, getting involved. Um, Nicole... Never had a boyfriend, but she did. You know, she met she met guys. You know, like yeah. like any other any other person would be. She would be an eighteen, nineteen, twenty at this stage, and um, you know, and because when she done herself up and went out, she was stunning, and she would get attention from boys. And nowadays, a lot of girls don't like that, and so obviously they 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 were uh, spreading vicious rumors about her. And um, Nicole was. Um, physically, verbally, but also mentally um, tortured online. When did you become aware of it, Jackie? From the start. You you had that kind of relationship that she was able to talk yeah. to you about it? Yeah, do you know what? We've talked about so much. I lay in the bed with her and we'd cry, we'd talk. She never held anything. She, the things she said um, to me, well, I was... Perilous. I went to the police and um, online they made up um, a fake book, a fake book page, a, a fake Facebook page. And um, these two people in particular that started it all, um, a fake Facebook page was made up where um, they threatened to put her on life support machine after they beat her up. And they My God. made um, like a WhatsApp page, you know, where everyone can join in, where they spread fishes you know, said vicious things on it and, you know, go die, no one wants you, everyone hates you and, you know, pictures of how to kill yourself and slit your wrist and, you know, just horrible and and a lot of them jumped in, jumped in on this. But, um, now I did go to the guards, Patricia, um, on Nicole, Nicole had said to me, you know, she, she took an overdose on, um, in 2015 and she was hospitalised for four days but when she was released she was sent to this place CAMS I'm sure you I'm well aware of it yeah yeah yeah. now they said she was sobbing in CAMS and they said it was a stage you're going through you know you'll get over it they said she and she didn't need medication or follow up so okay I'm saying I'm not used to, to to this do you know what I mean so I'm saying well is it a stage? She was my oldest girl. Do you know what I mean? And but you know, as as, as it went through, um, after another three years of torment and torture, whether it was online, physical, or mentally, um, this bubbly, funny girl, beautiful daughter that that I knew went deeper and deeper into herself, which also led her to self harm herself. 
she spent um, a lot of time in our room crying herself to sleep. And, um, you know, I try, I'd be talking to her and we try, we used to, I used to get her up and go to, you know, bring her to shops, we'd go to Bray for a walk at the beach and, you know, just to try and get her out of our room. But they left her devastated. Um, Were you. And you knew you you, I, you knew these girls and, and oh yeah, yeah yeah I know I know I know I'm not going to say I know all of them because even some some of them Nicole didn't know she they would just join in because of what they heard from the other girls so she didn't even know everyone do you know what I mean but I'd know most of them um I did go down to the guards um Nicole had turned eighteen um at this time and um. I did go down to the guards, but because, um, sorry, I know, listen, it isn't, that's why I said at the outset, you're, you're a very brave, brave yeah. lady. You went to the guards while, yeah. while it was ongoing. While it was ongoing, yeah. because, um, because Nicole was 18. She's an um, adult. At this time, yeah, she had to, um, made the, the, the complaint herself. Um, which, um, in the end, I'm glad she, she didn't because she got so annihilated already. Um, I learned then, um, to my horror, after Nicole um, had, um, before and after Nicole had taken her own life, um, that it's, it's not an offence for someone to threaten anyone online. I could, Patricia, I could look you up on Facebook and annihilate you and there's not one thing you can do because it's not an offence. Um, it's not an offence for someone to say, um, you know, self-harm yourself, die. Go, know, yeah, go yourself. kill yourself. Go, go kill yeah, yourself. Yeah. Drink bleach was another one. Uh, send oh. pictures of a noose, uh, you know, a, a rope on, on how to do it. Now, the guards did say to me it was a very grey area and that no one could be charged until um, the law was updated. Now, if I could just say, there, there is a law there it's um a law back in 1997 but it's more of a verbal law like um you know to harass people or um it's more one-to-one bullying or groups of bullying but there is no law back in 1997 um there was no Facebook. we didn't have social media yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's so it's so literally what it means is just updating that legislation to include I'm a line not, to say, yeah, including on, on, on online abuse. Yeah, it's not like, I'm not asking for, I'm not asking them to bring in a brand new law, just amend this, this, um, piece of legislation. Law already there, yeah. And everything has changed now with technology, like since 1997, there's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, group chats, Twitter, and, um, you know, which can, don't get me wrong, it can be a good thing for, for people, but it can be lethal. It can be lethal for for the more um, vulnerable, the, the more vulnerable kids. Yesterday, uh, I... Kids, s- teens and adults, not, not, not just kids, you know. I saw yesterday this anti-bullying and online safety training is to be offered to every post-primary school in Ireland, and this is been done on mm. a partnership, actually, that Facebook are funding it. Is that a step mm. in the right direction? Would, would, would that have helped... Nicole in any way? It, it's a kind of step in the right direction. Listen, um, on on the likes of Facebook, if, as, and I've said this, you know, if, if if a guy took off his shirt, you know, and someone thought that was offensive, he, he they'd report him and he would get blocked for 
three days, say. Mm. But what is going on, uh, putting up, being put up on these group chats and Snapchats and, and WhatsApps and whatever, uh, aren't being taken down. They're not being taken down. And do you know why they're not being taken down? Because it's not an offence. No one has committed yeah. a crime to put these things. And that's what I'm trying to, to, to do. Nicole said to me, I knew this was going to happen with Nicole. And she did say to me um, that she was going, that, that she couldn't take it anymore. She couldn't, she didn't want to live. And, um, she, you know, and, and, and me hearing this, and I'm so per- perilous to do anything, you know. And she did say to me that, the only reason why she is still here is because she didn't want to leave me heartbroken. And I and, and even before she went, I did say, Nicole, I will be heartbroken. We'll all be heartbroken. And she and she knew this, but she just couldn't. She couldn't take the, the mental torture or the, or the physical torture anymore. And I'm not I'm not angry with my baby. I'm not angry with her for doing it or annoyed with her I, I, I understand because the feelings that she was going through then I, I, I'm going through them now you know the, the the heavy weight on my head the the crying every day the not sleeping the only for I have two boys and a great family I I would I would want to be with Nicole only for I can't put them oh, but through well her voice you know yeah, her, her voice yeah lives yeah. on through you that's yeah, yeah. that's and that's and that's what's yeah. keeping you going and that's what's making it you is. so brave it is did, and it's, Jackie yeah. uh, did any of those girls apologise after no 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 none of them and they're starting to get a bit worried now because um, the phone is in forensics at the moment and I did a press conference yesterday with two incredibly brave mothers as well whose sons they still have their sons and they're going through this torment that Nicole um, went through, and um, one the girl, one of the girls, and um, one of the main girls, and um, after Nicole um, took her life, we had two days in intensive care with her before she passed away. And um, one of the girls put up the main bully put up um, on her Facebook page to keep the you know the he offered the, the, she said um, you know it uh, if anyone. Um, bullying is, is, is awful. If anyone needs to talk, um, you know, I'm always here for you. Like that just makes me sick because she's trying to yeah. make out as if she wasn't yeah, one she of them. Wasn't one of them, yeah. But the evidence, you know, you know, and none of them none of the, one of them has admitted it. One of them has admitted that um they, they did bully it. The bully Nicole. Um, oh, they, well they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah, they have well, to live with that somewhere. They mightn't be showing it on the outside, Jackie, but my God, what well, an awful thing to have to live with. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Um, I I am actually going to put my house up for sale after Christmas because I cannot live where I'm living. Um, I'm living surrounded with most of these people. And I don't, if I have to go... And get bread or milk. I don't. I wouldn't dare go near my my local shops in case I don't want to see any of these people. I go to the Ford's garage or shop that I have to because I I really cannot face these people. Um, okay. 
Uh, and that's, that is very understandable. And you want yeah. this piece of legislation, this amendment to, to be called Coco's Law. And uh, yeah. that was Listen, her, her pet name. Yeah. I, as you know, her name was Nicole. But um, my nephew, there was nine months in between them. And my nephew could, like he was only learning how to talk himself, could never say Nicole. So he could only go Coco. So um, after that, like she's just... Everyone just kind of knew her as Coco. Uh, well, no, family and friends. No yeah, one that yeah. really knew I would call her Coco. Oh, um, so, yeah, in honour of, of her, where it's not, like, it, she just isn't going to die, die, die in vain. You know, in vain, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would love to, the, the amendment or a law, I don't, I don't really... An amendment would be more simple for them. A law probably would be more technical. I don't know. But, yeah, to have it um, called Coco's Amendment or Coco's Law. And this this, this amendment, um, it would save the heartache of loads of victims that are being bullied out there. Um, and it saves the devastation of their family. And, it, do you know, um, Patricia, sorry, I'm probably... No, you don't. No, you're okay. Here. You're okay. Um, Nicole went ahead and did it because she couldn't take it anymore, okay? Yeah. There is people there, I know, and I've heard so many so many people have texted me since this that want to do it, but are still, they, they can't do it, and they're living living a life of hell and, and self-harming themselves. And, um, you know, and it, it's just... It's no way to live. It's not. It, it, There's it's no sad. way to live. And the, 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 the government are just... I, I had a presentation in the AV room in the doll and I... Uh, I stood in the doll and um, I did, as I said, a powerful presentation and um, at the end of the presentation um, they stood up, one guy stood up um, from Sinn Féin and said... Um, instead of working in separate parties, can we all join together as one and bring in Coco's Law or Coco's Amendment? Now, they all nodded their head in agreement and said, yeah, 100% that they would do this. And since then, um, I've emailed them with no reply. I've um, tried to contact them, no reply. Um, They've done nothing. They've done nothing. And it you know how many more um not only not only Nicole's age group like how many more teens kids and adults are going to to take their their own life or feel like and are life. living in that misery that that, 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 that hell misery. that you're talking yeah. about okay i have to leave it there uh, jackie yeah. listen can I, can I just say two things really yeah. quickly yeah i am organizing a march on the 24th of november um, in the streets of Dublin just to cause as much chaos as I can for them to, to make me listen. Okay. So if there's any of you up here, um, I'd love you to join to, to join me. OK, um, well, and, and, and we'll remind listeners about that a bit closer to the time. And we'll speak again, Jackie. I just yeah. I know that. And thank you, yeah. though. But thank you for talking to us today.
Thank you. God so bless and, and look you. after yourself. Bye oh, bye. As I say, Brett, that's not an easy thing for that poor woman uh, to talk about. She's very, very brave indeed. That is uh, Jackie Fox. And um, let's remember her beautiful, beautiful daughter, uh, Nicole, who passed away in just January of this year. May she rest in peace. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And uh, I'm backed up with emails. My my, I'm not backed up with emails. I'm backed up with ad breaks uh, because I didn't want to uh, stop poor Jackie when when she was talking and um and and put her on hold while while we're running to an ad break. What a brave, brave woman! And a number of people wanting to wish Jackie Fox all the very best, uh, particularly with uh, this Coco Law that she wants to remember her beautiful daughter. We all need to talk to our young people. Uh, another listener saying, talk to our young people when it comes to social media. Some people make flippant marks and don't realise the effect that it, that it is ha- is having but listening to Jackie the the these girls who started it all because her daughter was beautiful and I saw I saw on, on social media uh, posts of her and when she was all made up and just a beautiful beautiful young girl and she was too good looking for some of the other girls so jealousy when jealousy wears its ugly head and then this online torrent of abuse what they put that girl through it is just shocking. Anyway, we wish uh, Jackie and we'll follow the story with interest, but uh, it will be lovely to think one day that she will get uh, a law and an amendment sooner rather than later, by, by the way, and that it gets named in memory of her daughter and it is called uh, Coco's Law. Uh, I need to take another break and we have news at 11 on the way. We will talk about elder abuse and what we can do to protect ourselves uh, and also that new boardwalk for Mallow. How much traffic chaos is it going to cause? Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, people in the Drimmer League area received a letter from Skibbereen Credit Union to say the sub-office in the village will close at the end of November to discuss the implications for local people. I'm joined by West Cork Doll Deputy Michael Collins. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. Now, this Drimmer League sub, sub-office of Skibbereen Credit Union has been in operation f- since 1998, so it's, it's been open for 20 years, but I believe it only opens one day a week. Yes, it was open more than one day a week to the people of uh, Drummond League, uh, but then uh, a decision was made a couple of years ago to reduce it to one day a week. Um, and again, you know, I was in, I was in Drummond League at a function uh, over the weekend, and uh, this, uh, a lot of people had got the letter the day before in the post, and they, they raised the issue to me. They, I subsequently got a number of phone calls as well. People are, you know, I, I'd say upset and, and frustrated, and I can assure you one thing, Patricia, and probably you know me, long enough it hurts me to say anything negative about a credit union, because the credit union have been absolutely excellent to the people of West Cork, but in this issue, I don't know, was it thought out very clearly? Uh, the timing is awful, because it comes on the back of about seven other closures in West Cork, between post office, schools, shops, in, 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 right through to West Cork, um, and, and, and it couldn't come in a worse time, to be honest with you, and probably people didn't expect this from the credit union, because they feel they're uh, I think one of their slow slogans is putting people at the heart of everything, and and this is not putting people at the heart of everything, and it, it's left a lot of people upset. Um, yes, I've spoken. Um, I've looked at you know the letter they sent out. They says due to technical works, you know, um, with the current financial regulations that the 
maybe the uh, premises wasn't up to, to scratch. Yeah, they would so need to they would need to invest um, money into the building. But they also say in the statements that in the letter that they issued to local people that with the growing number of people are choosing the ease and convenience of transacting online, and that many of the members use both Sk- Skibbereen and Drimmer League. So, I mean, I'm assuming from that that the footfall, even on the one day a week, is down. It's probably not justified keeping it open. Yeah, that's what I would read into the, the letter when I look at it. But my argument there and my discussions with Skibreen Management and Skibreen Credit Union, because I've asked them to, to go back to, to the board, it's a local decision, it's not a national decision, I accept that. And it's a, it's a Skibreen board of, of, of credit union decisions, and I've asked them to go back and reconsider this. But I said, if you if you can open premises only one day a week, you can't expect a strong foot flow to go through that premises. Now, to me, Dream League is, a, is an ideal setting in its own right, because it's the centre of, 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 of West Cork, and it's people are basically having to pass through Dream League on a regular basis to go, to go anywhere in West Cork. And if that if it was open, then maybe uh, flourished and expanded on several days a week, people would have used the credit union from right through West Cork on its way through Dream League uh, to do their business. But they didn't get that opportunity. So you know yourself, if I'm even if I'm not a Dream League credit union customer, but I am a credit union customer somewhere, I stop in Dream League if it's, if it's open every day when I'm passing. But if it's not open, you're, you're very confused. I don't know what day that's open. I'm not going to stop. So I feel that this is closed. If you continue to drop the days of opening, it's going to drop the foot flow going through. People want to do their business. They might be able to wait till Friday. Saturday might have been an option, like some credit unions open on Saturday and they're very successful. But I've asked them to go back and look at this and they've they promised me they will. At least they haven't said they will reopen it, obviously. They want to talk to the board and make a decision. Now, I met also this morning with the League of Credit Unions in Dublin here this morning. Okay. And I've asked, I brought this issue up to them because I think this is a, they have to look at the, the bigger picture. There's a lot of sub-branches from um, uh, main offices in West Cork and Ireland. And I, is this a decision that's going to start creeping in, that that's going to close the sub-offices? And they've promised me that they were going to look into this issue, obviously, because uh, they weren't fully aware of that, which I fully understand that. But I've also asked them to explore the option that would Bantry, uh, which is, a, 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 again, s- s- independent of, of Skibbereen, or Manway, which is independent of both, considered to come into the League to open uh, a credit union. You know, there was an issue before in Castletown Bear where Bantry have gone up there and are running the, the Castletown Bear uh, credit union. You have the situation where Skull has been ran by Skibbereen successfully. But what I'm saying is that we have to look at every option, and they have promised me they are going to look at options. But are you and going to are you going to pit one credit union against another credit union there? I have, we have no other choice in this. I mean, look, I, I'm quite happy with Green Regions' decision to come back and say, okay, we're going to do something here. We're going to change this decision, and we're going to try and turn it around. If they're not, we have to look at other options. And I've asked them to look at all options here because we have to have all options on the table, Patricia. It's a big loss to the people of Dream League. That's the way they've... And I, the function that I was at, there was quite a la- large amount of people. And individual people came up with this issue and have rang and contacted me since, as they probably have other public representatives. And I have to look at every which way we can try and see, can we turn this around with Skibbereen? Yeah, but you can, you can also see it from Skibbereen's point of view. If they're saying it's going to be substantial costs to bring the building up to the the necessary standards for the current um, regulations of a financial institution. I don't know what, uh, what the, what, what's the actual rules and regulations about how the building should look, but seemingly there are very strict regulations there and they're saying they will be substantial costs. Hard to justify that when the level of footfall is so low. Well, I think that foot flow 
if they reconsider that, uh, their position and consider opening the, uh, the credit union there on a more regular basis, I think the footfall will definitely increase from right throughout West Cork. I think there's an p- uh, opportunity there. As I said to you, we'll go to the sub-office, which goes a, fa- a fabulous uh, building. There's no uh, reason why uh, um, Lee can't have the same uh, b- building as... Yeah, as but are we, are we back again to people choosing to do their business online? It's it's use it or lose it. It's like the argument we always put out for the post offices. If we don't use them, if we don't use them, then there's no point coming away and moaning when when they close down. Yeah, but if you can you could argue that point maybe with with, with the post office, but uh, but in the situation here, you have a stronger argument with the credit union because it's only open one day a week. You open it five six days a week, five days a week at least. And if I'm told on five days a week that the foot flow is dramatically re- reduced, I have to accept that. But if you're only opening a business one day a week, it's very very hard for people in that locality, a working person, man or woman, that gets up in the morning, is away all day. They can't do business there, so they're they're totally hemmed into uh, squeezed into a corner there. And I've seen yeah, yeah. sub offices and in other offices. They're open Saturday. They're open to accommodate people. The credit union have been absolutely marvellous to people. I'm not here criticising the credit union in general. I'm just saying that this was a great service to the people of Dreamy League. It's coming okay, in a well, shock well, at that time. Well, and I know that also, Patricia, that Dreamy League, you know, people have been there. There's a resurfacing way on the village. They've painted each and every one of the businesses. In the, there's a turnaround in Dreamy League. They don't need any kicks. And at the moment, they need help. And this okay. is a kick. Rob says, Skibberine is only 10 minutes and Dunmanway 10 minutes from Dreamy League. What's the big deal about the credit union closing? Well, Rob, that's all well and good if you've got a car and you're able to get into a car and drive. But yeah. I, I'm assuming you're talking about, Michael, uh, older people who would walk to the credit union and, and do their business. I would. And, and people in that catchment area that would have supported the credit union all their life. And, and, and now they're reduced to, to having no credit union. They're being offered a bus on the 7th of December to go to Skibbereen to look at the facility in Skibbereen. They don't, no disrespect, they don't need that bus. They need that credit union open in Dreamer League and the Dreamer League people have requested that. And I think they deserve that. And at least, if in fairness to management, Skibbereen, I've been promised that they're going to go back and discuss this at the board level again and I'll await that decision. And I've also been promised this morning by the heads of the League of Credit Union that they will look at other options as well as the Skibbereen option. Skibbereen is 15 minutes uh, away. The Bantry uh, is 17 minutes away. The Manway 12 minutes away. What do we keep doing? Close, close, close. So we feed the bigger towns and the bigger and close all our rural villages. I'm sorry, I don't agree with your last caller. And, and also, also in the statement from Skibbereen uh, uh, Credit Union, they say to people, you know, that there is a post office in Dreamer League and that members can continue to make transactions uh, through through the Dreamer League post office by means of a smart current account. Do I take it from that? somebody will have to open up a smart current account with OnPost, which I'm assuming will come with a cost. Absolutely. And I mean, look, the Dreamy League post office is an excellent post office. Now, we've been told that Green is closing, that they're advising people to, to use the Dreamy League. That's just uh, that's on passes. Uh, when they sent out a letter talking about the closure post office, that the Dreamy League post office will service the, the, the people of Dreamy <laughs> Like, the credit unions were there for maybe small time loans and other businesses that people uh, had worked with them and, 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 and had worked excellently with them. And this opportunity isn't there, unfortunately. That won't be the case of the post office in, in Germany. That can offer plenty of other services, but the service that the credit union was offering is slightly different. And, and this is an opportunity that I think uh, a situation that people in Germany are very unhappy. Okay. About All right. And so I so you say that, that you've gone back, the board are going to look at it again, is what you're saying? Well, uh, 
I've asked it, the management yesterday when they spoke to them, would they go back to the board and ask them to reconsider this decision and look at maybe uh, doing up the building and uh, look at opening it for or days. And if not, then I've asked the legal credit unions to look at that, yes, but look at other options as well. Don't see closure as the way out. As I say, it comes in the back of a dreadful time for West Cork. Lots of businesses and, and, and it is it is factual unfortunate this is what's happening. We need to, to protect and fight for the retention of a lot of services and the credit union in German League was one excellent service that people okay. wanted and, and are very worried to go to discover. Okay, keep us updated, Michael. In the meantime, thank you for that and uh, thanks uh, for joining us. 1850-333-103. Due to works being carried out on the water treatment plant in Fremont, those living in high areas in the Fremont area, I'm told, will experience water disruptions today, okay? If you've been turned on your tap and wondering what is going on, that's the works that are carrying out at the treatment plant in Fremont. Back to last night's debate and some of your calls into John Paul at 1850-333-103. John in Cove says, I feel all of the six candidates spoke like kids last night on the debate and I'm totally in agreement with uh, Peter Casey and the way he spoke out. He is speaking the truth, even though it does. the opinion polls are saying uh, differently. Well, there hasn't been an opinion poll taken since Peter Casey came out with these comments. That's what I'm most interested to see. The next opinion poll following Peter Casey's uh, comments to see will it affect his standing in the polls. Mary Mitchellstown, all my family will be voting for Peter Casey. We feel he was he is a truthful man who wants lies. We want to hear the truth. Mary in Dunmanway says I agree wholeheartedly with the email you read out from Christy earlier on. This is Christy saying that he's just no apathy for this for this election at all because the candidates nobody's standing out for him to give his number one. Mary's in this very same boat. I've no interest in any of the candidates. I feel Gavin Duffy and Leonie Rhea that stood out last night and I but I felt Michael D looked like he was in space. He actually came across as greedy last night. Michael D didn't really address the question of pay. I felt Michael D has had a good time for the last seven years. That's why he's running again. He wants more of the same. William in Mallow. I feel our country doesn't need a president but I am in the Sean Gallagher camp this time round I did vote Michael D last time but I felt the most truthful person and the outstanding one for me last night was Joan Freeman I felt she was ahead of Michael D I thought she performed well and answered every question Claire says I thought Michael D was completely arrogant I thought Peter Casey was the most truthful last night Nora in Clam my opinion of Peter Casey went up last night Michael D is still my number one but I'm now considering giving Peter Casey my number two. Michael in Mitchestown totally agrees with Peter Casey. I've never I'd never even thought of him as a candidate but he's speaking out and saying what those behind closed doors are saying and have been saying for quite some time. Uh, I don't, I didn't know who to vote for but I can say now that I'll be giving my vote to to Peter. Uh, even though I didn't know a lot about him uh, before this particular issue. And Gronia says, well, I didn't watch all of the debate last night. I was aware of what Peter Casey said. I stand fully behind him. He's spot on with what he is saying. This is what is happening for too long in Ireland. We here in Ireland, we become so politically correct. People are afraid to speak out and speak their mind. Forget that. We have to shoot from the hip and speak out. He's the only one who is saying it straight and saying it as it is. And I suppose what people refer to as the silent majority that he he is speaking for that uh, silent majority uh, eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three lines are open C one zero three jobs. 
Okay, a part-time home care worker is wanted at uh, St Mary's Day Centre in uh, Mallow. While an experienced bar person also wanted for the Mallow area, you need to have fluent English. Accounts payable administrator, that's for wanted to work in Little Island. And your senior stylist is wanted at the Edge Hair Design Salon in Emmett Place. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. And just some breaking news that a mad cow disease has been confirmed on a farm in Scotland. It puts the fear of God in you, doesn't it? Mad cow disease. And remember what this country went in the lengths we went to keep that disease out of this country. But it's just been confirmed on a farm in Scotland. No doubt we'll have more of that in the news at at 12 midday and people responding to Deputy Michael Collins talking about the closure of the sub office of Skibbereen Credit Union, the sub office in Drimmer League. It's been open. It's been open for 20 years, but over the years, obviously, they've reduced the hours. And for I don't know how many years, they, I'm assuming the last number of years, it's just been a one day a week service. And they've decided now to close that one day a week service in Drimmer League. Drimmer League will no longer have a credit union sub office from the end of November. Michael says, in any business, if you haven't got the punters, the business will not and cannot keep going. It's not rocket science to understand that. Deputy Collins would be far better off putting his energies into providing some industries into Drimmer League rather than trying to keep a credit union sub office open for one day. And someone else is making uh, a similar uh, point, not enough business to keep everything open. Well, I would love the idea of everything staying open in rural Ireland. If there's not enough business, then simply it's not going to work. Now, Cork County Council's most senior official in charge of roads has acknowledged that plans planned works on a new boardwalk in Mallow could cause huge traffic congestion in the town. To discuss how bad it might get and are there any possible solutions, I'm joined by Mallow Sinn Féin Councillor Melissa Milan. Uh, good morning to you, Melissa. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're welcome. Now, firstly, just remind listeners about the plans for this boardwalk and when it's all up and running, what it will mean for the town. Well, firstly, I suppose the, the boardwalk has been kind of thrown around for many years. I know in old town, town council days it was out there. So we're glad in one sense that this, this plan has been coming to some realisation and we're hoping to have it in 2019. The boardwalk obviously would put an extra lane of traffic in on the western side of the Mallow Bridge. So obviously it would alleviate a lot of the um, the traffic issues we have at the moment. Um, obviously we spoke about this at our Norger Division on Monday, hence why I'm on today with you. Sorry, can you, I'm a little bit breathless, I'm after running upstairs. Oh my, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all right, uh, d- 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 take your time. All right, you, you've obviously gone to an area where you'd have a quieter yeah. place to talk, okay. So, it would alleviate, obviously, a huge amount of traffic because we would have a third lane on the bridge. So it would be on the western side of the bridge. For those that are familiar with Mallow, it would be the opposite. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It will be the site where the old toilets are. Yeah. So, obviously so the, the old, the old toilets away. will be taken out. Yes, and that will provide an area then an for... An extra lane of traffic. Yeah. Now, obviously, um, we know there is huge traffic congestion in Mallow, particularly around that area where you're coming down the end of the town by the clock house in Bridge Street. So, obviously, any bit at all to alleviate any issue of traffic is a major plus. So, obviously, I would um, wholeheartedly go behind this plan for a boardwalk. Where do you believe the worst of the traffic congestion will be when the works are ongoing? Well, obviously, we'll have to put it down to one lane of traffic. So at the moment, we uh. have two lanes of traffic going either way, so one lane would have to happen. Um, one of the solutions that I have asked at last Monday's meeting, obviously, is to try and do a lot of the work at night time. You know, you go across the county and you do see a lot of work being done at night. I can't see a major issue with this particular area. I know um, Aidan, where the senior engineer, spoke on other areas, which was very difficult to do at night time because a lot of the areas would be more dangerous. But this... This particular area, I think, it would be certainly one of the areas that we could work at night time on. And um, it would certainly alleviate a lot of the problems that we have existing at the moment, but certainly when we put down to one, one lane of traffic, that is obviously going to um, cause huge traffic congestion in, in the town. I don't know how long um, the plan is, I don't know how long the, the project will take. He used to come back to me on that, but I'm certainly it's not going to happen in weeks. This is probably going to happen over a number of months. Yeah, so and the problem is that bridge that. that bridge is used to access um, two schools and to get children from one side oh, of the yeah. school. So you could yeah. just imagine what it's going to be like uh, in in the morning time and uh, pick up time from from school. It, does, it doesn't even bear thinking about when they did the work on the roundabout in Mallow. They worked mm-hmm. overnight, didn't they? Yeah, 
and, and, and that's one of the examples where it is safe enough to do it. I know um, in the Fumoy area, they just, um, at the meeting on the North Division on Monday as well, they had discussed areas that were in Fumoy, which would be not possible at all. There'd be, be smaller, darker, more rural areas, which would be impossible to do work at night time. But certainly something like um, the Bridge in Mallow, it's, it's certainly something we should be looking at. And um, we have assurance um, from the engineers that they will take that into account when they're putting the plans in. OK, and this, a start date? Um, hopefully in 2019, um, money is, 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 usually money is a factor, but in this case it's, it's been sanctioned, so plans are being put in place, so we're hoping, now there is obviously some plans being done at the moment, but we're hoping to start the project in early 2019. Look, it, it is a major um, major piece of work for Mallow, and it's, it's necessary, um, not only for traffic, but also just to attract um, other other housing developments in the area. You know, we, we're very conscience that there is schools in the area and people have to travel over so it is very very much needed Somebody has said first we have a plaza now we're getting a boardwalk are they trying to kill the town altogether? Look I, I suppose the plaza is and I've said it on many occasions it's there it's it's look it is it is what it is the plaza was again put in many years ago with obviously the plan of having a relief road in Mallow um, if we had an ordinary relief road, we wouldn't have traffic congestion in the town. We certainly wouldn't have it in that end of the town. If you were to sit there and watch the traffic on most days, it's big lorries that are causing congestion. And obviously, it's also people that don't obey the rules of the road where they go through the yellow box. But we, not only that, we do have an issue with traffic in Mallow. Um, a relief road is what we need. Hopefully, that is going to come about again. In, in the next number of years. We did that get spoken that. about? Did that, did that get did, mentioned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's something that if there is a plan in there. We're obviously, again, looking at, at it happening in a year or two. Again, that, that that's money that needs to come from central government. It's not something that we in town council have, have to say on. Um, I know there's an election coming up, and I know at every election, um, it's always been thrown in there, all the motorways coming from Allo and the relief roads coming there from Allo. But I hope this time that um, when there is an election coming about that it really does come because for the last number of elections we've been promised it it's badly needed we don't need to wait for the motorway to have the relief road it can still happen um, that would alleviate so much traffic at that end of the town particularly with lorries and Aidan we are at that meeting where you spoke about the boardwalk hopeful construction of a northern relief road might start within the next three years. That's yeah. still very much but again, on the wrong that, finger. That's the might word. That's, again, yeah, and might, three might years. Word. You think it got? Yeah, and we've been waiting it for for a number of years. I mean, I, it's something that's been thrown around for many years. I mean. Okay, but the board, but the boardwalk uh, goes ahead. Somebody says, "Hope the boardwalk doesn't turn out like the plaza. It's been a disaster for uh, Mallow." But this will have the no, opposite effect. It will have the this op- will have the opposite effect. Extra, yeah, it's putting in a, an extra lane of traffic there. Look, we will have issues, and I'm that's what we're trying to flag up at the moment. We will have issues while it's being constructed, um, and that's why we're trying to come up with some type of plan. And working at night time will try and alleviate that, and obviously some weekend work. Look. We know ourselves, everyone that's living in the town, the peak areas of town, which are schools, and in the evening after work, that's where traffic is at its at its worst, and they're the times we're going to have to try and alleviate. 
Yeah, so how much is it costing? It's it's 1.4 million, isn't it? Is yeah, the, and it's, it's, so that money's been allocated and the money's there and all of that. There yeah, the money is there. Yeah, the money is there. So we, we need to spend it, yeah. So is it a case, uh, Melissa, and I've often mentioned this before, people just need to be patient. Now, we, everyone will get frustrated when they're caught up in a in a traffic jam, but we're just going to have to be patient while the work is ongoing. Yeah, we do. I think I'll give you a perfect example is of Butterfin to town. Um, I'd say if we go back certainly um, prior to 2014, um, their their streetscape was in an awful state. The yeah. roads were in an awful state. They went through an awful lot of work. It took well in excess of the time that was planned for it. Obviously, there was various historical things were found in the road or whatever. But if you look at Budafent now, yeah. and you look at the businesses in Budafent, and you look at the parking and the fantastic work that they've done to their town, um, but they did have a problem for a year or so. But look, it's it's paid a hundredfold. Now, actually, I think Butterfield is one of the towns where they're really, really proud of what they've done. And it's be, um, because of that work and because of, obviously, their, the amount of community groups that were lobbying to get that work done, they've stayed together and they have a fantastic community council there. They have plans not just for this year, for next year, but for the next five years in place. You know, they're, they're shovel-ready, waiting for grants to come. So, look, Butterfield is a prime example. They did go through an awful lot of hardship. They did, not just with um, traffic, but with businesses as well in the area. But, look, it's a massive, massive plus for them now. Yeah, and, I mean, I remember at the time being involved doing interviews with them when they it was dubbed the worst road in Ireland and we did a little video clip with the rocky road uh, to Limerick. I mean, and they were oh, out it protesting it to get it done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was homes where every night there, when a lorry would pass, windows would shake. Yeah, yeah. And at one stage, I think there was a pole even... Um, but blew so much it went through a window there so they had horrendous time but it's a major plus now and I don't think there's any business or person living in Budapest now that wouldn't say you know it was worth it yeah and it's a pleasure now to drive through the through the town Absolute or if you need to park pleasure. and pop into yeah. the shops or, or whatever okay all right. Uh, fingers crossed that the bulk of this work that they may be able to do overnight, because if they do it overnight, uh, it will certainly relieve congestion during the day. The only thing is when they do it overnight, it lengthens the time, doesn't it? It's not as quick when they do it overnight. I know, but then, then you know, again, it's just one of these... It's weighing uh, it up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whether it's worth it. Before I go, can I just quickly mention, it's just for community groups out there, Cork County Council have, have a new fund out at the moment, the okay. 1.5 million fund. Yeah. And if if community groups and sporting groups could log on to Cork um, website, Cork County Council website, it's a 1.5 million fund. It's for capital projects from up to, from 1,000 euros up to 25,000 euros. Take a look at it. The money's there. Um, send in applications. Um, the closing date is very, it's nearly upon us. It's the 14th of December. But, you know, certainly for any community groups out there or sporting organisations that are in need of funding for capital projects. And what kind of, give us an example of a capital project that you think would be suitable? Well, if you, for instance, if you had upgrading of any equipment in sporting groups, okay. certainly for um, if someone wants to become more energy efficient within their community centres or whatever, that's the type of funding that's oh, there. okay. Get in there. Certainly, you know, community groups, take a look at the website. Okay. And it's right. uh, Cork County Council. All right. Thanks for that, Good Melissa. And uh, sorry that she had to run up the stairs to take our call. Uh, thank her for that. That is Sinn Féin, Mallow-based uh, councillor Melissa Milan. 1850 Lines are open. I can still see a lot of texts coming in about last night's debate. Uh, we will get to those. Um, we'll, them, we, I, we'll get to them after 12, I think, at this stage. But I just want to get to a text that came in because I'd be interested in people's thoughts on it. Somebody was on earlier. This is to do with the clocks going back. The clocks will go back 
not this weekend, it's next weekend, it's the bank holiday weekend, isn't it? John in Cork was on to say, hi Patricia. Uh, I listened to Sean Kelly uh, speaking last week with regards to the clock change and while I agree, the long evenings, the longer, brighter evenings would be great. The mornings are going to be a huge problem with children going to school in pitch blackness, particularly those that live in rural areas. It's going to put pressure on rural schools, many of which are already struggling for numbers. Everybody agrees winter time is too long why can't they change it back at say the end of February instead of waiting until the end of March I do remember one year in the 70s they didn't change the clocks back in October John said I also remember there was a lot of accidents particularly with children in the mornings they only did it for one year only and they reverted back the following year Uh, I'm wondering would the same happen uh, again well I think John what, what we've been told is that the clocks will go back the weekend after next, the end of October, for the last time. And then we'll have summertime in next March and then that will be it. We won't change the clocks after that. Remember, this is an EU directive. Now, it's up to each country to opt in uh, to it and it's looking like most countries will opt opt into it. We will certainly have uh, darker mornings. I was only thinking of it the other morning. Um, at about seven in the morning when it was pitch black and I was thinking next year if the clocks don't go back it'll be eight o'clock when it will be that dark and it did seem eerily dark particularly like that I was thinking of children getting on uh, school buses now I know people in rural areas will say children already get on uh, dark uh, buses but it's just going to be darker for longer everybody I think is going to be heading out to work and to school in the dark mornings so John reckons we need to rethink on it anytime we've discussed it on this programme particularly with the likes of uh, Sean Kelly because he's been very vocal Deirdre Clune the other MEP has been very vocal about it uh, as well the majority of people are in favour of ending it John the majority of people prefer to have darker in the morning and to have the brightness in the evening but there are people like yourself who see it from the other side who don't like the idea of the very dark mornings but you're, you are bringing up a much more worrying aspect to it will we see more accidents in the morning Hopefully not, hopefully not. But you reckon that's what happened when they trialled it back in the 70s. Only time will tell. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Reminding you it is Thursday, so if you've got a pet question, you can get those in for us. Uh, you can get those into us uh, now uh, for Jane in the next hour. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. And joining me for this week's uh, Guard the File is Sergeant Tony Cronin from Mallow Guard the Station. Good, uh, good morning to you, Tony. Good morning. And you are welcome. And we start with some break ins um, one in Churchtown and the other in Charleville. That's uh, correct, uh, Patricia. We have one there, uh, burglary from Balnatrilla in Churchtown, which was last Sunday night into the early hours of um, uh, Monday morning, um, where there was a house broken into. It was unoccupied at the time. And uh, the location would be, if you're travelling from on the main road, uh, it would be to your left-hand side if you're heading from Budfant to Charleville. Okay. Approximately maybe a kilometre off the main road. So you'd be coming from Churchtown uh, out of the village, heading for the railway gates, and it would be back to your right-hand side then. It would actually bring you round in a loop, eventually back down by the graveyard in in Budfant. So basically we're talking about a rural location, and it's um, an unoccupied house out in Ballinatrilla in Churchtown. And it's a rural area, but people would would have had to notice that there was um, 
car or a form of transport in this area uh, being the type of uh, scene that it was. Uh, we're appealing to the public if you're traveling this road anytime during the night, which was last Sunday night into the early hours of Monday morning, that you'd contact your local Garda station, be it in Charleville, uh, Mallow or Budfant, and contact them with any details of any car or persons that you had, had seen in that uh, area. It's um, nice, uh, pleasant to come back and have your uh, house uh, no, broken horrible, into. Horrible. And uh, we are appealing to the public because we do think that there's someone out there who actually saw uh, transport uh, in that area and that you might be able to give part of the rage number or all of it or, or description or the colour or the, the make of the vehicle involved. And uh, we'd urge you please to contact your local Garda station because we've had great success lately from the public with dealing with crimes and we'd like to acknowledge that. OK, and so that was last sun- last Sunday into Monday morning? I- into Monday morning. OK, the next and then the other was Charleville? The next was a, a burglary in Charleville out in Bat Dunnigan Place in Charleville and uh, from a mobile home. And there was items taken uh, f- from inside the property and part of the actual caravan itself as in glass. Okay. So we're appealing to the public again. This is a daytime crime. It was uh, last Monday, uh, probably from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. So you had two or three hours at least of, of brightness. Uh, it's a busy area in Bat Dunnigan Place. Mm. You know, there's always um, it's a residential area. You have people on foot. You have cars in and out. Um, you have people coming and going from schools, etc. And there's a sizable population there. So we would ask the public please to come forward with whatever information you have in relation to that. Uh, you possibly saw people around the caravan. And if you could give uh, the local guard station in Charleville ring on that on 063-81222. And basically people can be excluded in from the investigations if you could forward the information, please. Okay, and uh, thankfully it's a quite enough week. You've got the last as a theft from an open, <coughs> unsecure van. Yes, uh, this happened yesterday. It happened um, between half four and five o'clock yesterday evening in the turrets in Charleville. Now, the turrets would be as you pass out beyond the um, church in Charleville, heading out of town okay. on that stretch of road. It would take you out towards Ballygrand on for Beth Dunnigan Place as well. And we had an unsecured van. Um, it was a transit van, white in colour. It was unsecured and there was items taken from this van. Now, the items were taken out uh, from the van would have been a consaw uh, and, and chainsaws. So it would have taken uh, someone uh, time to take them out and they would have had to have some place to either stash them nearby or else put them into a nearby vehicle okay. to transport and them away. And it's, it's all in, in, a, in a half hour period yesterday, half yes, hour Yes, half, half hour, hour period. Okay. And we're talking, uh, it was... Um, Nice uh, evening yesterday evening. It was bright. Um, there was uh, no darkness at this time, so people would have good visibility and we'd be asking the public just to think back, did you see a white van parked in the turrets yesterday and something, someone uh, that you may know or be able to describe was uh, in the vicinity of the van or at the van or taking items in or out of it? Very uh, an opportunistic, you would you would. Very opportunistic, yeah. possibly someone going into a house to do um, a short job or to drop off something and uh, got delayed for five or ten minutes and came out and then items. Uh, and a workman's tools, can, it's, it's, you know, a lot of these are expensive and trying to get them replaced and... Yes, like consoles could vary in price from anything depending on how old they are from 500 to maybe 1200 euro. Wow. The chainsaws could be anything from 500 to 12 or 1300 depending again on what make and how old they are or maybe more expensive. So these items will come on sale and we'd ask the public, especially people in the building trades and um, self-employed possibly 
or if you're looking for a saw and someone approaches you um, you might With please an offer contact. that's too good to be true. Too good to be true. And Without course, a guarantee, please yeah. contact your local yard. Station. And at all times, vans locked up, secure, and mark all of all of those items. Okay, uh, road traffic. You want to give uh, just a bit of, uh, I suppose, just some safety for this time of year. I know earlier I was talking about um, one of our regular listeners rang up about people not lighting up uh, in in the morning times. You really, there's some foggy conditions in some parts of Cork this morning, for example. Yes, uh, we had a touch of frost this morning early, and it was probably the first time now we've had that in a number of months. And the roads are that little bit slippy. Also, with the fog, um, people not driving with, with lights on, people not driving with their fog lights on. And also, we have seen this morning ourselves where we've had pedestrians and they've had no fluorescent jackets on. And I'm talking, we'll say, from any time from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. that we've come across these. So we would encourage the public to, if you're out walking, no matter where you are, even if it's daytime and there's high visibility, put on a fluorescent jacket. If it's uh, nighttime, put it on. It's for your safety. And it's good practice if you're driving a car, a van, tractor, whatever item, a, a lorry on the road, to have your lights on daytime and nighttime. Just uh, get into the habit of switching on your lights. Get into the habit. Yeah. There was a survey carried out in Sweden 10 years ago and it was by a company who had a transport fleet and their survey um, gave them the, the message that their drivers were much safer driving with lights on and they had fewer accidents. OK, so, OK, just be, be safe and be seen is, is always yeah. the message. Tony, thank you for that. Uh, have a lovely week and we'll talk again. That's Sergeant Tony Cronin based at Ballogard, the station. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A couple of updates for you. You may remember a few weeks ago, Breda joined us on the programme. It was the day after we discovered that Heffernan's travel in the city had closed and there was a lot of shock because it was a business that has been in the city for many, many years and people were horrified to think and, you know, a business like that, an old business that's been there for so many years could suddenly go. But then, of course, the shock really started to uh, to trickle into people who had booked holidays and people were worried would they get their holidays. So Breda had joined us on the programme. Her daughter was too upset and too nervous to talk to us. So Breda joined us uh, to say what had happened to her daughter and how her daughter was worried about would she lose her holiday. We got advice on the day from Pat Dawson of the Travel Agents Association and Pat at the time I remember clearly his advice to Breda's daughter was don't panic yet Uh, and I felt he knew something. He knew there was discussions going on in the background. He says there is a possibility that maybe another buyer would step in and would take over the business and that Breda's daughter and other people who booked a holiday would be okay. Well, Breda was back on to say another buyer did step in and has picked up the holidays that had already been sold in Heffernan's Travels and Breda's daughter is heading away on holidays this weekend. And if I remember rightly, it was, I'm sure it was the boyfriend, was it, bought it for... For, for Breathe's daughter was kind of a surprise kind of a thing as well. Anyway, uh, I hope they have a lovely, lovely holiday and they're getting away to the sun uh, for a little while there. We hope that they really enjoy it. And thank you, Breathe. It's always great to get updates because often we highlight these things and then we don't hear anything back. And there was another update that I've had for a couple of weeks that I just didn't get around to mentioning and it was Anne in uh, Shambally Moor. Anne had contacted us earlier in the year 
I'm assuming it was probably around the time we were doing interviews about the cataract bus, you know, the cataract bus that leaves West Cork and it takes people from Kerry and it's taken people from Cork City. Don't know if anybody from North Cork has gone on the cataract bus uh, yet. And it's organised, funny enough, by Michael Collins, who we had on earlier on, Deputy Michael Collins. He's involved in it along with his brother, uh, Councillor Danny Collins and the Healy Ways are involved over in Kerry. And they organise people who desperately need cataract operations and they just can't wait around for the waiting list. The waiting list is so long with the HSC. So they organise this bus and they bring them all up to Belfast and it's you, you have to pay for it but then when you come back you get reimbursed by the HSC and it's a scheme that's in place thanks to the EU. It's a cross-border initiative and uh, I don't even want to think what's going to happen to that cross-border initiative once Brexit happens but we'll, work, we'll cross that bridge I suppose when we come to it. But it's been very successful and many people have had the cataract operations, people have gone for hip operations, knee operations but by far the biggest bulk certainly from this from, from us here in Cork are cataract operations because they can go up they stay overnight they're done and they're back down the next day and it's very very successful well Anne had contacted us earlier in the year uh, complaining about the waiting list for cataract operations she had finally got an appointment for her operation at the start of this year and the operation was scheduled for 2020 so she was going to have to wait over two years to get her cataract operation done and she and she, I don't know if she was in a position or not to go on the cataract Bus, but she just wanted to highlight how shameful and shocking it was that we're asking people to wait two years for a cataract operation. But then she said in September, out of the blue, she got a call from the HSE to say, would she like an appointment with the Marsha Private? Now, she said she first of all thought it was a joke. And then she said, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll take an appointment with the Marsha Private. And next she got a letter. She went into the Marsha Private. They took a look at her, said, yeah, you're suitable for cataract operations. And she contacted us at the start of this month to say she had her operation at the end of September and all has gone well. Isn't that great? Now, that would have been under the National Purchase Treatment Fund. And coincidentally, I noticed in the budget this year, when they were announcing everything for 2019, 20 million extra is going into the National Purchase Treatment Fund. So more people who are on the waiting lists will get calls to say, would you like to go to a private hospital in your area? And you get you you don't have to pay for anything. You go in there and they do everything. And it's, you know, it's the same as if you were a private patient, but you go in and you get the procedure done. And they're doing many, many procedures. It's not just cataracts. Um, Now, I know I know I had a family member who went who got one of the appointments. I don't know if it was the Marsh or Private, but anyway, it was one of the private hospitals in Cork for a knee operation and it was deemed too complicated. They were doing the more straightforward ones, so she unfortunately uh, wasn't accepted, but she's she's, um, all going well, is going to be going in to have it done with the HSE quite soon. Um, So I don't know if that's the same across the board that they do the less complicated ones, but certainly if you get contact, if you either get a phone call or if you get a letter from any of the private hospitals saying, do you want to come for an appointment, grab it with both ha- both hands and go in because they don't have the same waiting list that we have with the HSE hospital. So Anne in Chambally Moor, my apologies that I'm two weeks too late coming to you with your update, but I was absolutely delighted to hear that you got sorted out and that your cataract um, operation went ahead and went ahead successfully. Good on you. OK, let's catch up with some of your calls and texts that have come into the programme. Anne in Ballancolic was listening with interest to our piece with Councillor Minister Milan from Mal 
Mallow but the boardwalk and the work that's going to be done a boardwalk that they've been talking about for Mallow for quite some time uh, says uh, Anne's just saying okay well great the idea of a boardwalk sounds fantastic and all of that but with all the homelessness that's going on at the moment do we need really need does the council really need to spend 1.4 million on a boardwalk for Mallow Uh, maybe uh, the new boardwalk Anne says rather tongue in cheek will give homeless people somewhere else to sleep at night she questions why that kind of work is going on when there's so much homelessness across the city and county. And Pat uh, says, Patricia, you were talking about roadworks. Normally when I pass roadworks, there's four or five blokes in fluorescent vests looking down a hole. What's that all about? Says uh, Pat. All right, let me go back to still a page loads of texts. I won't get through all of them and comments coming in about last night's debate and the presidential election. Timmy in Donora. What did the people make of Pat Kenny's comments last night to Joan Freeman when he said, was she out of touch with the people of Ireland because of the way she voted in the abortion referendum? She was against abortion and was quite public in that she was against uh, abortion. Was that referendum not a matter of opinion personal opinion for indi- for all individuals says Timmy, Timmy and he objected to that question being put to Joan Freeman and actually you're not on your own with a few other people saying the very same thing that they thought that was very offensive of Pat Kenny to say that to Joan Freeman it shouldn't have come up because Joan Freeman while she's publicly stated that she didn't canvass for a no vote but her views are quite strong on abortion so she voted no but she did say that even if she had been President of Ireland at the time she still would have voted no but it wouldn't have stopped her signing it into law because it was the will of the people. So a lot of people taken, felt that Pat Kenny was wrong to bring that issue up uh, last night. Timmy also said they spent time speaking about expenses. I was listening to people commenting on the expenses, but not one thing will change whoever gets into the ORS for the next seven years. But what I would like to know why the abortion referendum was brought up by Pat Kenny and other people's view as well. I can tell you now other people felt the same way as you, Timmy. They felt it was wrong that it shouldn't have been brought up. Some of your texts, Richard, Peter Casey has articulated what the silent majority are reluctant to say because of political correctness. He's spot on. This is his views on the travelling community. He certainly has my family's vote. Makes no difference as another texter who gets elected president. He or she cannot express an opinion. Head of government should do the job in tandem. Make them earn the outrageous money they're already getting, says the texter. Tim says Michael D. Michael D. was 70 70% at the start in the polls. Next he went to 66. He will not break 60 in the next poll with a week left, says uh, Tim. Hi Patricia, says Margaret. I watched the debate last night. I was disappointed. Michael D was very poor. Sean Gallagher was good, as was Gavin Duffy. Peter Casey did well on the traveller issue. He told the truth. I don't know. I don't know. Was there any one though outstanding candidate? I would like to see Sean Gallagher do it, but I'm wondering. Thanking you, says uh, Margaret. Only in the privacy of a polling booth will people express their true opinions on Peter Casey. They might make him as popular as Bishop Casey of old, once a champion of the homeless in London. However, the travellers deserve spaces for at least two vans and two jeeps and a few stacks of tyres. And they still need to have time for their horses, but they might help out with the tidy towns, says uh, Tim. And I'm assuming Tim is being rather sarcastic with that particular comment. How long, de, how long it took 
us to get somebody like Peter Casey to look at what a lot of people feel about the travelling community. There are travellers living in my area and they have eight cars. Why does nobody check up where their money is coming from and all the handouts that they receive? Hi Patricia, I've always voted but don't think I'm going to be voting this time round. I cannot vote for any of them due to how wasteful it all is and due to the difficult circumstances many people find themselves in. We can't afford the expense of the office as it presently stands for what we get in return. I feel in the event of a low turnout that Leonie Riada could do very well or at least come in a close second because Sinn Féin usually are very good at getting their vote out and if they get their vote vote out she'll do well if there is a low turnout. I actually believe Leah Neria that could make it by the way. I don't disagree with Peter Casey. I don't know if that is a good enough reason though to vote for him. If I do vote I would, I would be inclined to vote for him. Someone else says I didn't like the dig that Pat Kenny made to Leah Neria about the IRA. I think Sinn Féin are more more closely affiliated to the ICA these days, says a texter. I would not vote I would not vote for Peter Casey. How dare he criticise the travelling community? They are our own people and they should have been taken care of years ago. He is wrong to take the views he is taking. And just one final one on it, Patricia. The travellers are always playing the racist card. If I put a few piebald ponies on my lawn, I would turn a few heads. I can say there was a time, but my way of travelling was with a pony and trap. But the roads are busy now, so that day is gone. I need to move on. Don't be drawing attention to yourself. Every nationality can fit in when they move to Ireland. Why can't travellers do the same? They need to stop bullying and ganging up and get a job, go out to work. And another thing is they need to stay in school longer and don't get married so young. It'll give them a chance in life. Forget having all of these big families. They need to remember it's 2018 now. Okay, as I say, it's just a sample. I could go on and on and on, but I won't. Because a lot of them are very similar. The 1850 Don't forget your pet questions, please, because Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will be joining us in studio. You can text her WhatsApp a vet question to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie The Q Centre in Mallow. They've got places remaining on their upholstery taster course. It runs on Wednesday afternoons between 2 and 4. The course is free and it's offered to adults who wish to return to education part-time. To register, if you'd like further information, contact the Q Centre on 022 55452. There's Wheelchair Association in North Cork. They're looking for support, the support of local people to assist them with collections and events during the Angels National Fundraising Campaign, which will run from Thursday the 8th to and Friday the 9th of November. If you can spare time to volunteer, uh, can you call Anthony at 085-8877922. The three tenors appear in concert at the Church of the Resurrection in Mallow um, this Friday night at 8 o'clock. Tickets are available at the Parish Centre with proceeds going to the Mallow Parish Capital Project Fund. The Terence McSweeney weekend runs across this weekend in Kilmurray. The opening address will be by Cahal Brewer McSweeney on Friday night at half past uh, seven. And Kilbehany Community Centre will host from 8pm on Friday night a comedy fashion show 
featuring the Kilbehany Model Agency. There'll also be sketches from the local junior drama group. You please ask to support. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Patrick says Peter Casey is a legend. Telling the truth about travellers, I'll be voting for Peter Casey. Nobody wants uh, travellers living anywhere near them, not in Fomoy, anywhere. Wake up Ireland. Uh, travellers are taking us all for a ride. Uh, Phyllis says, Patricia, on the presidential debate, Miriam Lord in today's Irish Times puts it in a nutshell. Michael D. Higgins, informed and eloquent, enough said, said Phyllis. And I love the writings of Miriam Lord, I have to say. It, she always makes me smile always if I get the time and, and some mornings I just don't get the time to always read her piece but when I do I'll inevitably come away with a smile on my face she has a great piece she does a, a review of the debate last night if you get a chance to read that in today's uh, Irish Times um, where hi Patricia watch the debate uh, Michael D to do the right thing and step out leave a younger person do it he's too old to be going around the world he actually looked cross last night I didn't like the look of him did anybody else uh, feel the same okay alright mixed bag of comments coming in there now somebody sent in some texts earlier on just to give some mention to some things which I'm always glad to do Uh, Could you please mention that the McCroom Flower and Garden Club are hosting a gardening talk with DJ Murphy. It's happening tonight at Coolcarra House at eight o'clock. Large selection of plants available and visitors are welcome. Please feel free to pop along Coolcarra House tonight. And could I please mention, glad to do it, Old Kilcumper Graveyard Friends, who are a fantastic bunch. We've spoken with them regularly on the programme. Uh, they're the gang that got together and decided to clean up the graveyard and they've been doing fantastic work. They're holding a fundraising table quiz to help maintain the old graveyard. And of course, their new big project now that we spoke about recently, they're trying to make it wheelchair accessible. So, and obviously there's going to be a cost involved in that. So they're doing fundraising and they're having a fundraising table quiz next Monday night, the 20, is it the 22nd? Goodness, October's flying by. 22nd of October uh, next Monday night at eight o'clock in the Wagon Wheel Tavern in Formoy if you'd like to go along the tables of five for 30 euros so if you want to get your family or a group of friends and please support them because they're just they are doing the most amazing work and they're all volunteers and there's obviously there's nobody charging for the physical hard work that they're doing and they've done a lot particularly when they started when they went in their first there was a lot of physical work uh, to be doing and now they're kind of at the maintenance stage at this stage they've done such incredible work in the last year but there's a cost involved particularly with making the area wheelchair accessible so if you can help them at all please do and that's a great way to help Old Kilcrumper Graveyard Friends Association table quiz wagon wheel next uh, Monday night with a half eight uh, start Jay has said there is a pothole about the size of a loaf a large loaf a small loaf it's just outside the white line just beside the white line on the N71 about 300 metres west as you drive to Roscarbury from Ryan's shop and service station 
very dangerous to motorists, particularly if you're overtaking a slow moving vehicle. So please drive with extreme care there. And anyone from the council listening to us, can you get out and take a look at that pothole? Let me give you the, I'm always, when, when in, I'm in my head trying to picture exactly where, where it is. So the pothole is beside the white lines. It's in the middle of the road on the N71, about 300 metres west. So you're driving to Roscarbury from Ryan's Shopping Service Station. So please be very, very careful. And a word of warning, please, and spread this around. And thank you to somebody who sent this in. They got it from uh, Be Alert, one of these text message uh, services, that there are persons posing as builders calling to the houses of elderly people. Now, it says in the area in recent days, so I just don't know from the text what area we're talking about, but it's, I, I always give these pieces out as a general advice because even though this initial text could have been sent out, say, in a, a small area of the North Cork area, and then when people start saying to these scam artists, no, I don't want your business, go away, go away, go away, they then realise that oh, no, the word is out and they move on to a different area and within hours they could be from North Cork, they could be somewhere down in West Cork, they could be in East Cork, they could be in the city. So it's a kind of a cautionary warning for everyone. Just be prepared. They're, bi- they're posing as builders. They're, they're deliberately targeting older people and they call and they say, They speak to the occupant of the house and they tell them that there's a leak in the roof of their house is one of the general ones that they do. And they say, you need to have work done and we're heading into the winter. And if we get another storm or if we get bad rain at the weekend, you are going to be in big trouble. And they basically put the fear of God into the person and they're very plausible and they're, you know, they really have the sales pitch. They're good at what they do in being scam artists. And then they obtain a large sum of cash from the household. Now, they either don't carry out any work or they carry out very shoddy work and can actually get up on the roof and do damage to a roof that wasn't damaged in any way. And the message is is not to entertain uh, any cause of this kind. And normally what they do is they'll call in and they'll, they, you know, they'll, they'll work out who where where elderly people are living on their own. They'll never call to young people because they know they'd be ran from the doorstep if they called to, you know, young couples in their 20s or 30s, they would just run, you know, they'd send them their merry way. But normally what they do is they'll call and they'll say, oh, we were doing a job on a neighbour's house or a house down the road and we were up working on their roof. And as we looked over didn't we see there's a problem with your roof? Because the obvious question is, how did you know there's a problem with my roof? So that's what they'll do. They'll say they were up on another roof, glanced across, saw there was a problem with your roof. You're going to be in big, big trouble when the rain comes or if there's another storm or whatever. And as I said, they just frighten the older person and then they look for huge you know, large sum of money, way more than the job is worth, can I say. In some cases, they'll get up and they'll, you know, move around a few tiles, letting on, letting on to be doing work. But in other cases, they'll get up and they'll move around a few tiles and they'll actually do damage and they will cause a leak to the roof. So you've got to be very, very careful. If you have a problem with the roof of your house or you know of an elderly neighbour or an elderly relative who has a leak or who thinks they have a problem with the roof, of their house then would you get them please to contact local tradesmen local are they called roofers people who roof houses Um, but you know what I mean get on to a local business who will be experts at what they do who will be able to come in who will be able to assess the job who will be able to tell you if you have a major problem with your roof or not and any work that they do you're guaranteed that you're going to get you know 
decent good work done and if there's any any problem then a month or six months later you go back to the company who came to you uh, initially so please do not entertain anyone that comes to your door like that offering you any kind of service particularly with a scam like that saying you have a problem with your roof that you didn't even know about and this guy telling you I was up on the other roof and I saw it and I could see the problem and I can see what's going to happen you mightn't have a problem this month but wait until next month when we're in the middle of the winter it's going to get really bad so just be careful uh, those scam artists are unfortunately out there they are not going away Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Ministry Group joins me in studio good afternoon to you Jane Hi there Oh what is a lovely day out there I have to say it's ni- nice for for the humans and for the animals. Now, there was a text in earlier and the lady's been back on again, so please, please, please put it out. I don't know if Jane is the answer to this. Um, there is Somebody's contacted us, wants to know who, where can she rehome or donate a goldfish for free? Obviously, they have a go- she's a goldfish and I don't know why, but doesn't want the goldfish uh, anymore. It's kind of an unusual one to rehome, isn't it? It is. It is a bit of a challenge. Um I think ask around locally. Maybe one of your friends with young kids might like to take on yeah. a goldfish or something like that. But certainly somebody who's prepared to take on the commitment of it long term. Is there much the commitment to thing. a goldfish? I think you still have to you have to be prepared to clean out the bowl, provide it with a good kind of environment, clean lots of sand in the bottom, but also just to be there for the regular feeding and monitoring yeah. of it. And obviously giving it any veterinary attention should it be required. Yeah, and so. unfortunately because it, it's come in by WhatsApp, I don't know where the listener is because I'm just, I'm wondering if there's anybody, anybody has other goldfish because mm-hmm. I mean, goldfish get on with each other. They've, Generally they yeah, do. Yeah, most pop. breeds of them, they do kind of buddy and the, in together. And the only other one I could think of was a pet shop. Would a pet shop take, take in a potentially it's worth asking them if not it might be a good place to ask because they might know of people who will be looking for them and yeah. also your local vets they yeah. might know of somebody who would like a, a nice little goldfish and will be okay. prepared with the commitment and good luck with it let us yeah. know how you get on with Goldie and where does Goldie end up <laughs> uh, talking of Goldie Mary says I've got a 13 year old golden retriever suffers from very itchy ears the vet has ruled out infection the vet has ruled out mites I've tried creams nothing seems to work he's on medication for arthritis could that be a possible cause any help or advice would be much appreciated. Yeah, I think I think it sounds like you're doing all the right things. I think my first protocol would be take them to your vet as you have done and rule out the simple things like mites, parasites and infections. Um, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult. It can be a general skin problem, let's say an allergy to something in the environment that might be manifesting itself as itchy ears or itchy paws and that might be part of it. Um, but I think you're certainly doing the right things and it does sound like it might be a slightly more complicated case than usual. So I think following your own vet's advice, just following their diagnostic plan, and it sounds like they've ruled out all the simple things first, which is the best way to go. Yeah. So the parasites, the infection, and I suppose just going forward from that, I think trust in your vet. They'll they'll lead you in the right direction, but it can be a bit challenging. As for the arthritis medication, it really depends on what he's on. But usually, most of them don't have any established interactions with, let's say, that, that would that would cause a, an itchiness. Yeah, like anything is possible, but I think I think it's very unlikely. It wouldn't be something yeah, usual. Itches are just one of the hardest things I've they made really to, are. to get the bottom of. By the way, I forgot to give this a mention: a tan coloured. Palm has gone missing from Bottle Hill. He has a collar with his name on it, but the phone number on the collar is of well, there's no point you ringing it because the lady who contacted us is minding the dog for a friend who's gone on holidays. Uh, and I'm assuming as well, you don't want your friend contacting on holidays to say, I found your palm. Um, okay, so can people keep a lookout for a tan colored palm dog in the Bottle Hill area? 
don't ring the number on the collar, ring this number instead 086 813 6740 We spoke last week actually about getting dogs microchipped. I heard I heard fireworks go off yesterday evening for the first time. They're already mm. starting. They Th- are. That'll, that can, that, I don't know if that's what's happened here in Bottle Hill or said the dog is in a strange house, uh, which could be a reason he's bolted mm-hmm. as well. But you've got to be careful with the dogs at night. You really, really do. And it's only going to get worse from here on yeah. in with the bangers and the fireworks. And I think particularly around Halloween, lots of doors are left open when kids are trick-or-treating and that kind of makes the situations worse. I think... It, it's very difficult keeping a, a pet calm in that situation there's there's a fine art to it as it were but I think the best tips I'd have are make sure it's microchipped so that if the worst does happen they'll get back to you safe and sound as quickly as possible make sure they have a collar with a tag on it just as a second kind of level of, of security but I think making sure the area and the garden and the doors are secure keeping them inside but giving them somewhere safe to hide as well so they might want to hide under a bed or in a, under a sofa should they hear big bangs they might feel safer it's like ourselves but I think the best thing to do is try and mask the sound of the fireworks or the bangers so stay with them Stay in and watch television for the evening put on Turn the, up the TV, the TV up yeah. loud yeah. and just act normally if you're worried, they'll pick up on it and they'll be worried. Yeah, so you, you, you act react. calm yeah. Yeah. and just give them no reason to worry apart from yeah. the noise. And I think just masking the noise, giving them somewhere safe to hide if they want to and giving them that space if they would like to. Being there for them if you can be, but just making sure they're secure as well, yeah. should the worst happen. Yeah, so that they don't go missing. Yeah. Actually, talking of collars, uh, Kenneth in Aherla was on to say his dog's collar seems to be restricting him from breathing. He's got a larger collar, doesn't seem to be any improvement. He's a large Labrador 12 year old with what he describes as a very large broad neck mm-hmm. uh, he, he always uses a collar obviously for walking mm-hmm. etc uh, in case he ever went missing he, the phone number is on any ideas are there special collars on the market for a, a dog with a big neck mm. large broad neck you can get this this Pretty much everything under the sun is available. Um, It's just finding something big enough and it may be that your local vet might have a collar or your local pet shop or even kind of resorting to the internet. But I think the question is really, why is it causing such sensitivity? I wonder if it's a new issue for this particular pet, if he was previously fine with collars, but now it's causing some restriction to the breathing or a cough, um, then it will be a bit more of a concern. So sometimes when... There's something going on in the throat. Something might be going on in the throat that might be adding extra restriction should it be pressed on by the collar. Particularly if the signs are more evident when the collar is attached to a leash going on a walk or something like that there's a bit more pressure on the neck um, I'd be a little bit concerned if this is a new a new problem for this little dog because sometimes when we get a little bit older our windpipe um, can get a little bit more fragile and that's just on the bottom of our neck just right next to a collar generally so sometimes if for example they cough when they're pulling on the lead or getting a little bit excited out it can because be because there's some sensitivity in the windpipe in the trachea and that oh, might be Oh so worth. it isn't actually the collar yeah, at all? It, yeah. it could well be it might be that the collar is kind of exacerbating some problem in the throat okay. and I think that's worth a check out with your vet just to make sure okay. there's nothing to be concerned but I think with the collar itself one thing you can do is maybe use a harness that sits low on the neck instead because then it will just avoid hurting the area in question, as yeah, it were. Not around the neck at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Just to avoid the area. Um, you said that you were having a collar on to make sure that he was uh, safe when he wasn't on the lead, and I think that's really, really sensible. You can attach maybe a, a little tag like that to a harness and it might be less kind of obtru- obtrusive on the neck. But I think the important thing is make sure he's microchipped. And a 12-year-old dog yeah. very possibly isn't microchipped because microchipping exactly. wasn't, wasn't around when, you, then when he would have really got, originally got the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for that, Kenneth. Joseph in Mill Street, any advice for a three-year-old terrier male who keeps who chews everything? It can be furniture, 
to the outdoor plastic furniture, even choose the kids' toys he has been neutered. Oh no, this, I, I think <laughs> you have to think about three-year-old little terriers as bundles of energy. They're almost like a destructive toddler is the best way to describe them as long as... Even at three? Even at three. Oh. They're in their prime. They're full of energy. They're all excited about life and they just want to investigate everything. I think the important thing is he's just trying to kind of get some mental stimulation probably by chewing things and breaking things down. It's probably really, really entertaining for him. But I think the best tactic in this case would be two things. Take him out for lots of walks give him lots of mental stimulation, going out, walking in the woods, lots of different places, lots of fun for him so that he's kind of satisfied in himself. He doesn't feel bored. Burn if, off the energy. Burn off the energy. Yeah. But as well, if you think about ourselves, if we were sitting if we were sitting in the house for a few hours ourselves, we'd be bored. We'd be staring at the wall. We'd want to watch television or have something to do. It's exactly the same for them. So I think burn off the energy as best you can. Really satisfy his mental need for excitement and stimulation by taking him out for lots of walks, doing a little bit of play in the garden perhaps, but make sure he has safe toys to chew so I think trying to replace some of the things that he likes to chew whether that be the leg of the sofa or the kids toys with exciting toys for him that will be safe so I think my concern in this case would we have a problem where he's maybe destructing furniture and toys they swallow things they're not meant to sometimes when they do that inadvertently because I think it's great fun and they think they'll just eat it so that might lead to bigger problems like let's say a foreign body or a big tummy ache so I think replacing um, replacing those things with safe toys for him um, to avoid any let's say latter problems would be the best strategy Have you had to operate on dogs and Many. And take out the weirdest of things? The strangest things. Yeah. Absolutely crazy things. All kinds of kids' toys. Sometimes you get very exciting looking x-rays where you can even see the outline of, let's say, wow. a Casper the Ghost toy. Or and then it just gets stuck. It just gets stuck Ugh. and it causes a massive obstruction block. And, and, and it can be a, life And in a terrier is a small dog. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they like to chew things. Okay, um, Eileen in Middleton looking for advice. She has recently taken in a stray kitten, uh, very young Uh, they've decided they're going to keep it well done Uh, they've been giving the kitten milk but now she's heard from somebody else that milk is bad for kittens and cats Uh, any advice on what she should be feeding etc I think first of all well done you're probably trying to do your very best for that little kitten and that's great Um, I think it is true that some cats don't deal with the proteins and the sugars in milk very well in cow's milk we're talking about here I assume Um, it's probably not the best thing long term for them nutritionally it's okay but they just are quite intolerant to it and it generally gives them the runs to be perfectly honest so it's not the best thing it really depends on what age the kitten is if it's very young let's say two three four or five weeks old it's very difficult if you stray because you're kind of estimating the size then it probably needs incredibly regular feeding probably every every few hours depending on what age it is I think uh, figuring out how young that little kitten is is going to guide you a lot so maybe pop along to your vet and just for a little health check check that little kitten's okay and they'll be able to give you an idea of how old it is and hence kind of what what amount of feeding it needs because you're going to need vaccines and stuff you're going to need vaccines and stuff as for the milk to get it started there are kind of cat milk replacements it's almost like formula for want of a better word they're called there's various brands on the market I know the one we have in is called Kimmy Cat so if you pop along to your vet they'll be able to get that for you and kind of guide you as to the amount but if it is a little bit of an older kitten sometimes a good little kind of wet food kitten pouch might be a good thing to start with and just offer it to them so I think the best thing is to figure out what age it is and kind of the appropriate work feeding from there. work from and, there and any of those kitten pouches they smell quite strongly which oh, yeah. drives them ca- they the love it that's what the kittens love hey question please my staffy keeps biting her nails is that a good thing or a bad thing 
Oh, if she's biting her nails, I wonder if she's really kind of just chewing at her feet and the nails are kind of in the way. That would be a little bit of concern for me. It wouldn't be a usual behavior to have them biting their nails. It would indicate to me that there might be some discomfort or pain there. If it is truly the nails they're eating, then that's very unusual. But there can be diseases that affect the nail bed itself, for example, like a nail bed infection, and that would require treatment. If it is just chewing at the feet generally and the nails are kind of getting in the way, sometimes that can be a, a symptom of kind of generalized itching on the skin because if you think about where dogs can reach easily they can reach their bellies and they can reach their feet really easily and they're the first places they begin to lick and chew when they get a little bit itchy so I think the best advice in this case is to put everybody's mind at rest and keep them safe is to pop along to the vet for a good examination explain the problem and they'll be able to assess whether it's whether it's an issue. Okay, and Patrick in Formoy has a Yorkie, 10 year old, 10 years old. And just for the past week, they've noticed the dog is drinking a lot of water. What could be causing that? Mm, Suddenly okay. very thirsty. There's a few things. If it's happened very suddenly, then I would wonder, my first question would be, has something simple changed? Like the diet, for example, have they changed from a wet food to a dry food? And hence, they might just need to drink a little bit more to get the adequate level of hydration. But I suppose if it's happened suddenly and if the dog, for example, is feeling a little bit off form, not quite how he normally is, then it can be, let's say, uh, an infection in the bladder or the kidneys is one of the common things that makes them drink or drink drink or pee more but sometimes it can be an infection elsewhere there's really a variety of things sometimes we worry about the kidneys or even diseases like diabetes which can present reasonably reasonably suddenly in some cases so I think the best thing to do to put everybody's mind at rest is take them to your vet probably bring maybe a urine sample with you would be a really handy now, thing Now I, I had a funny feeling you were going to say that yeah. how easy or how difficult is it to get a urine sample okay, right, from, all from of a my, dog. All of my tricks. Okay. So if you get a really clean lunchbox that's come out of the dishwasher, nice yeah. and clean, kind of a nice flat one, it gives you a, a big target area to get that pee, okay? Yeah. So you want a clean container. I think the most unhelpful thing is if you get bought in a pee sample in, let's say, a jam jar that hasn't been washed out and it's all sugary, and then that gives you really funny results. Um, so a clean container, large like a lunchbox, and then just take them for a nice walk, try and distract them, and then just lunge in at the appropriate moment and hope you catch a sample. Okay, and it is, but it is possible It's possible, it. it is yeah. possible, but yeah. I think don't try and use a small container because it's it's kind of like... It's a very tough target. <laughs> but I'm assuming people look at you when you say, will you go get me a urine sample, do they? They do. But I think once you explain and they have a go, it's really not as hard as you think. Now, some dogs are real ninjas with it and they'll pee. And as soon as they realise they see anything around their back end, they'll go, they'll oh, what are you doing? And they'll yeah. stop. So some can be a real challenge. Now, if you really struggle to get a sample, a free catch sample at home, there are techniques we can use to get a really sterile sample using a needle from the bladder. But uh, your vet will be able to do that. Um, oh. Just, in hospital it sounds so painful now uh, we're not going to have time because I'm out of time but I'll put this question to you and maybe you can work on it from next week mm-hmm. Mary was on to say I have a question please for Jane I would like to make some treats for my dog I've gone online for recipes but I'm fearful that the ingredients may be harmful could you please mention the ingredients that could be harmful as opposed and then the ingredients that I should be in including or maybe she might be familiar with a recipe that we could use so you might work on that for next week mm-hmm. and come back to us with a doggy treat recipes that we won't try on air by the way but we certainly <laughs> will will share it okay thank you for that Jane have a lovely week and uh, we'll talk to you again next week that's uh, Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket which is part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group and that's where I leave you for today
My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick is with you for the afternoon and we are back with you uh, tomorrow morning at 10. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Cork today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.